Christian faith and fiction, inspirational reading suggestions, along with chats about the Christian faith. The following episode is an audio version of a video that I recorded for my YouTube channel, Christian Faith and Fiction. If you would like to watch the video rather than listen to the audio, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes. Please do share your thoughts by commenting either on the video or on the relevant blog post. Links in the show notes. Hi, it's Lou from Christian Faith and Fiction. I have some uh, really good Christian fiction books to share with you today. I'm happy to say that I've had a good reading time recently and most of the books I've read have been four and five stars so um, I'm really happy to share them with you. Hopefully my thoughts I share along the way will help you to decide whether these are books that you would like to read or not in the future. Hi, so I finished reading Authentically Izzy by Pepper Basham. This is a contemporary romance with a bit of Christian content in there. It is told in a um, series of emails and texts mostly. There's a little bit of narrative as well. And it's following Izzy who works at a library and she has sort of set up to go on this dating agency by her cousin who is like a sister to her. She has like three cousins who she's really close to and they're like her close family and one of them Josephine sort of sets her up and puts her onto this dating agency because she thinks that she needs to, to find romance and she's kind of annoyed about it but can't figure out a way to get off of it and then she meets on there somebody who is also into books because Izzy is very bookish and they start sort of exchanging quotes from books and bookish references and things kind of go on from there. There is a bit of a love triangle at one point. There's a guy who's also interested in her who she meets in real life, but this other guy who she meets who lives in a totally different country to her just sounds like um, really someone who would be really great for her, but obviously he lives completely the other side of the world. So the things that I liked about this book was the humour. Um, I thought it was fun, it was upbeat most of the time, and, um, yeah, really sort of upbeat, fun romance. I also really like the characters, the all the individual characters. You get to see quite a lot of them through their emails and the way that they talk. And I also really like the banter between the different characters, including her cousins, as well as the love interests as well. I liked the situation, the sort of geography of the places that it took place in. She was living in, I don't know America well enough but a mountainous area in America and he was living in on a island that's sort of in between Britain and Scandinavia I think uh, a fictional place. I liked most of the book references there were a few books that they sort of recommended to each other that I would not have recommended as a Christian um, and some of the other things I uh, wasn't so keen on it because of the style I think there was a lot of banter and there was also quite a lot of descriptive stuff in there and sort of yeah it felt a little bit bloated. It is over 400 pages long and for a contemporary romance that's quite long even though um, you get a lot of dead space in between where there's like headings of different you know they take up quite a bit of space so that's partly that but also it just felt like it was a bit slow in places and there was quite a lot of because of the style of it 
the, the plot didn't move so fast as I would have liked it to in a, in a contemporary romance. So yeah, overall I enjoyed it, but I did find it a little bit slow in places. So I think I'm gonna give it seven out of 10 for my story enjoyment rating and a one out of three for Christian faith rating. There is some Christian faith in here, it's pretty light, but I, I think there's definitely enough in there to justify calling it Christian fiction as opposed to clean fiction. The next two books in the series follow two of her other cousins who you get to meet in this one. So I think that at some point in the future, I will probably read those books as well. And all of the covers of the series look absolutely fun and gorgeous on it. So yeah. Uh, that was my thoughts, really. I finished reading A, a Fool and His Monet by Sandra Orchard. Sounds like I'm saying, trying to say it with a funny accent. Monet. Um, this is the first book in the Serena Jones mystery series, I think. And it was our book club pick for September, so a mystery book. It was following Serena, who was part of the FBI art crime team. And she, I think as part of the overall series, she wants to find out who killed her grandfather when some art was stolen. I think that's the premise for like the whole series. But this book just focuses on one particular mystery. She, um, her friend, I think it is, calls her and says there's been some art missing from the museum. They don't know when it's, it was stolen, but it's missing from the archives. And she has to go in and find out who did it. There's a very small amount of Christian faith content in this in that I think it mentions people going to church. Not too much more. So I would give it a one out of three for Christian faith content. The mystery was fairly good. I didn't I didn't guess it and some of the twists and revelations I didn't see coming at all. It was fairly satisfying. The the kind of friendships stroke potential relationships that were going on between the main character and other people um, was quite interesting as well. But I'm not sure that one person would have so many people interested in them. Maybe that's just me. But <laughs> uh, so, you know, it seemed a little unrealistic to me in that sense, but it did make it more interesting. Um, I guess you'd find out over the series who she might end up with or who can be trusted and who can't. But this, that just sort of started it off. This is the first book, so it just sort of kicked that off. The book is mostly to do with the mystery itself and those sort of things, the subplots. I liked her aunt who is a really interesting other character who's got these things going on she wants to help out and solve things and sometimes just gets in the way and sometimes it's helpful it's just yeah she's quite fun bit well not really like a miss marple a little bit more bumbling but yeah i enjoyed the characters so i may pick up the other two books in the future i'm not sure whether i will or not I think I would give this for a story enjoyment rating, I'd give it a 8 out of 10. Hey, so I finished listening to a couple of audiobooks. The first one is Five Get Into Trouble by Ina Blyton. This is one of the five famous five ones. I forget, I've lost track of where I've got to in that series. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't the most iconic one that 
or memorable story that I've read, but it was still fun. I gave it uh, 8 out of 10 for story enjoyment and a 0 out of 3 for Christian faith content. It was a clean book, so 4 stars. And then I finished Dream of Kings by Sharon Hink. I finally uh, got around to listening to this book that I was on one of my, I think it was one of my most anticipated books last year. It is a Christian fantasy novel set in a sort of secondary world. I would say it's like a low magic fantasy. So the magical elements are, it doesn't really, well, it doesn't really have magic. It has some fantastical elements to the world and the people. And then there are some supernatural elements, which I'll explain in a minute. It is a retelling of the story of Joseph from Genesis in the Bible, which I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed seeing how she managed to take the elements of that story and fit them into her own fictional story, which is its own sort of story. But it is a very close retelling as well. So definitely, um, you could definitely see all the plot points. It is following Jolan, who is a dream teller. Um, this is where the supernatural element comes in. She has the gift of being able to um, see other people's dreams and then interpret them. And this gift comes from what she calls the provider, which is God in their, um, in their land. And she has a very strong faith in God, but she's also wrestling with stuff from her past and the things that she goes through as well have a big impact on her faith and the way that she is dealing with things. Um, so it starts off with her. She's in a northern kingdom where she's grown up and she is working in the court as a dream teller. She gets, um, she interprets someone's dream and it's got like a, a warning for the kingdom. But on the way to go and tell the king the warning, she gets kidnapped because she is a favourite of the king and other people in the court don't like that. Um, and other things, there are other things going on, intrigues in the court. She gets kidnapped and sold into slavery and gets sent to a foreign land. Um, so it, you can see it's following the story of Joseph very closely. In fact, her name, Jolan, is quite close to Joseph. And some of the others are similar as well, at least one of the others anyway. Uh, so it's following that story. I really loved how she managed to sort of weave the references to Joseph's story into the story. I loved seeing Jolan's journey as a character as well, her emotional journey and her spiritual journey that she went on throughout the book. There's also a very swoon-worthy romance in there, which is more of a subplot, I guess, um, to the main plot. But it still, yeah, still had my heart, that one. It gave me a really good insight into what Joseph would have experienced because whereas I don't always get on with biblical fiction that retells stories directly of real life characters just because I then struggle to um, work out what was in the fiction and what was in the bible sometimes but this because it's a completely fictional story even though it's like it, I learned a lot about I learned a lot about Joseph's story and his character and his emotional journey through it, but because it's a completely separate story and it's a retelling and not a biblical fiction, I can easily like separate the two things out in my brain. So it was the best of both worlds for me on that one. 
The faith content is very strong in this one and it plays a very prominent role in the character's journey and in the plot. Um, in this area, I think the story has its own sort of things going on in um, in terms of faith and who has what faith and that kind of thing, um, which is possibly different from what it was like in the Bible times um, story. Um, but it made the story work and in its own sort of fantasy context. I would definitely like to read some more by Sharon Hink. Her previous series has won some awards and so um, and maybe I'll pick up that one next year or I would love to see her doing some more retellings as well because this one was just fantastic. So I gave it 9 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating, 3 out of 3 for Christian faith content and 5 stars on Goodreads. I finished reading The Cairo Curse by Pepper Basham. This is an historical, Christian historical mystery story with a bit of romance in it as well. It's the second book in the Freddie and Grace mystery series. The first book they sort of got together in unusual circumstances and in this book they are on their way to their honeymoon and they end up in um, in Egypt visiting uh, Frederick's cousin who is married to somebody who is sort of undesirable and um, they are on an archaeological dig out there and so there are some mysteries surrounding the whole thing as you as it develops it's quite a, it's a sort of slow burn in terms of the mystery it takes a while to get to know the characters and who is suspicious <laughs> who is acting suspiciously who doesn't like who that kind of thing um it reminds me a lot of the Ag agatha christie novels that are set in egypt and and, and on her archaeological digs out in the middle east and um it's got that kind of vibe about it i really enjoyed the setting of it i enjoyed all the egypt references and this where things end up i don't want to say too much about that um I love them as characters. I think they're really fun as a couple. They sort of quite different from each other and um, Grace is quite quirky and she's very much into books and learning things from books and doing things kind of under unexpected for a Edwardian ladies. Yeah, 1914, 1914 it's set. Um, yeah, so that kind of era of a lady and... Yeah, I really enjoyed it, seeing them together again and also some of the side characters and how they developed and getting to know some a new set of characters out there in Egypt as well that are just to do with that book and the mystery plot just is concluded within this book, this series. I would definitely read the first one first which is The Mistletoe Countess because you get to see the beginning of their story but this one... Um, is a mystery in itself. It does have some faith content in there, it's not all the time but it's kind of sprinkled through but when it does turn up it is quite like insightful, like bringing quite a profound thing into it. It's not just uh, oh they went to church or oh they prayed or something like that, there's like a real like nugget of truth about the Christian faith about God in there mixed in so I appreciated that. The romance in the first book I found, although moral because they were a married couple quite early on, 
but it's a bit too spicy for me. This book mainly was okay, a little bit here and there where I was like, okay, that's a bit too much information, I don't need that. As a single woman, I don't need like to have that much information going on, but it's always clean, it's always like closed door, um, and it is moral since these our characters are married <laughs> in this book. Uh, but there's just a little bit of that, but nevertheless, I'd still give it five stars, um, I give it a 9 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and 2 out of 3 for Christian faith rating. I definitely want to continue with the series and finish the, I don't know if it's going to be the last book or whether it's just going to keep going for a long time, but the next book. Anyway, I want to read the next book. So I finished listening to Beneath the Swirling Sky by Carolyn Leiloglu. This is being marketed as a middle grade book suitable for 9 to 12 year olds. Um, it's not listed as Christian fiction. There is a little bit of Christian content in there though that could make it into that category. It is following a, uh, a young a boy called Vincent and his sister, adopted sister Lily. They are left with their great uncle, I think it is, in um, an old house with a lot of paintings. Vincent has been really into painting when he was younger, but then he gave it up when he got a bit older and it doesn't really want anything to do with it now, but his mum really wants him to uh, kind of pick it up again. And uh, when they are there, his sister Lily disappears and it turns out that she's disappeared into one of the paintings and the story is about him learning about his um, ability to go into paintings and the world that kind of opens operates um opens up and I don't want to say too much but yeah it's it's kind of there are sort of fantasy elements to it in that there are sort of magical sort of things that can happen in paintings so can, people can have different sort of gifts and do things in the paintings which I don't want to spoil too much but yeah there's sort of a magical element to that but it is a contemporary fiction uh it's got a feel of mystery and suspense it's also got a kind of a feel of dystopian to it in some of the some of the areas. I enjoyed the creativity of the book. I enjoyed how the use of paintings and how they were able to sort of step in and out of them and how that affected the world. I think there's probably more in the series to come with that and how the, the author could take that in more directions and have more things going on with the sort of the fantasy sort of elements of it. I enjoyed the relationship between Vincent and his sister and Vincent and his cousin who is also the, staying in the house and yeah the, I enjoyed the development as characters. In terms of faith there was a couple of moments of faith content later on in the book which uh, again I won't go into because of spoilers but yeah there's a couple of moments of faith there is one sort of odd sentence near the beginning where they were talking about um, not wanting to go to church but finding God in art instead and I wasn't sure if the message was you don't need to go to church, you just need to look at pieces of art to find God. Um, I don't. It's not being marketed as Christian fiction so maybe this is more like aimed evangelistically at people and trying to get them into the Christian context through that, people who maybe didn't get on with church. 
maybe it's aimed at that sort of people not quite sure uh, as an adult I enjoyed it I would give it 8 out of 10 for story content and maybe 1.5 out of 3 for Christian faith content uh, if you are looking at this from the context of buying this for children um, if you don't want to know the content here you can just skip forward a minute and uh, but I'll just say the content now content wise there is violence in there there is um, themes like uh, kind of bullying and school themes and they do talk about death and there is a conversation about uh, nudity in art in there as well also some of the things that happen in the paintings felt a little bit eerie sometimes a little bit creepy um, a little bit unsettling kind of content yeah so that's just something to be aware of if you are um, thinking of getting this for children I'm not sure where the series is going to go and how many books there'll be in this one I don't know if I'm I'm kind of interested in reading more about it but then I'm not also not sure uh, on the fence I think I'll probably give this four stars on Goodreads I finished reading Fairest of Heart by Karen Wittemeyer I love this book um, I thought it was fantastic I'm going to give it five stars and it is a retelling of Snow White set in a western uh, setting uh, so it is not my usual type of um, setting of book I'm not usually drawn to historical fiction set in that kind of western America themed uh, time period place setting whatever um, but I love fairy tale retellings so this is why I picked this one up and I think this is going to be up there with my favorite fairy tale retellings it is following um, an personal personal maid to a famous actress called Penelope Snow who is taken on by her after some difficult circumstances she's already lost a job and she gets taken on by this actress who is very beautiful famous doesn't like any sort of competition um, Penelope's already had problems with her own beauty being used against her so she tries to hide that and um, become the maid of this actress while she's touring around the country with this troupe she ends up for reasons I won't go into for spoilers um, getting on the wrong side of the actress and as the sort of the fairy tale goes she is sent off into the woods um, and ends up living with these uh, seven men older men who run this ranch I think it is and they all kind of resemble the different dwarfs they're not dwarfs they are sort of old elder older men who have all kind of joined together to live in the same house and yeah it's absolutely charming it's very sweet uh, it is very similar in story and character to the original Disney cartoon version of Snow White um, I don't know if, I can't remember if I've ever read the original original version of the fairy tale that's I can't remember who is the original author of that one off the top of my head but I don't think I've read the that original one but it's very similar to the Disney 
classic version of Snow White. I really like that. I enjoyed seeing how uh, Karen Whitmire made this story kind of reflect that, but also be its own story. Um, the character of Penelope is almost a little too nice, but that's how Snow White is in the film. She's like perfect in that film. And I think I thought um, the author did a good job of giving her enough internal battles and things, struggles that she's got going on internally to make her seem more human and more believable, if not totally realistic, because, you know, I don't think anybody could be that nice. But that is the character that of Snow White. So for me, it felt right because it it has that kind of fairy tale feel about it. And I think she did enough to sort of make her human um, in that. But because she could have been like really annoyingly goody two shoes. But because you're seeing inside of her mind from her perspective half the time, you do get sort of a sense of her being a real person. Um, and I did like it from a fairy tale perspective. It was very sweet and I, and I enjoyed it. Um, the other char main character, the other perspective, is from Titus, who is a Texas Ranger, who is trying to solve the mystery of stolen jewels that is happening. And their paths collide, and I loved their romance. I loved them together. Titus is much more flawed sort of person, and that kind of makes him a little bit more interesting in some ways. Um, but yeah, I, I loved them. I loved how the seven men kind of reflected the seven dwarfs, but also were their own real people, um, not quite so caricatured as the uh, cartoon version. Um, I liked the baddie, bad guys in this one as well. I found them quite fun to read about. And yeah, there's a little bit of mystery and suspense in it, or more suspense. Um, and there is some action and things going on in it as well. Um, but it is just a very sweet romance and... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading the other books in this series. I hope she does kind of more than three in a way because I'd love to see her doing some more of the other fairy tales. Um, were really, really, really good. So I will give this, um, I think, a 9 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and 3 out of 3 for Christian faith rating. It has a lot of Christian content in here, lots sprinkled throughout the book. And it keeps coming back to God and that is also really fantastic. So I appreciate that enormously. And yeah, I would love to reread this one in the future. And I'm hoping to read the next one, which I think is a Cinderella one, um, comes out next year. So I finished the book club pick for October. It's To Have and to Hold, which is three novellas, Christian contemporary romance novellas. This is from a series that... Um, it was like a series of romance novellas that were meant to be every month through the year. So I actually went ahead and got the other ones because I quite liked reading um, just a small, a short contemporary romance to break up other books and that. Um, I quite enjoy that. Um, so th this is three stories by Betsy St. Armand, Katie Ganscher and Becky Wade. The first one is called Love Takes the Cake by Betsy St. Armand. And I give that one 7 out of 10 for story enjoyment and Christian rating of 1 out of 3. The story follows Charlotte who is a baker and she is in charge of doing 
the baking I think for a wedding who uh, the wed yeah the wedding is the bride is quite demanding and the guy who comes into her shop quite regularly is the one sort of in charge of sorting out some of the wedding he is the best man and they're having to work together and she's sort of falling for him the only problem is he's always coming in regularly to buy um cookies i think for uh, another another woman so that's a problem i thought this one was quite good and quite fun but it was also a bit cheesy so that's why i give it like a 3.5 stars for that one the second one's called the perfect arrangement that's by katie ganchert and um, I enjoyed this one more. I gave it a story enjoyment rating of 9 out of 10 and a Christian faith rating of 1 out of 3. Again, both of the first two have just sort of a minimal amount of Christian faith content in there. But I enjoyed the story of this one more. It's following Amelia, who is the owner of the flower shop in town. And um, these are all to do with like weddings and stuff. She used to be dating someone years ago and he was getting married and she was really like wanting to see what his wedding would be like so she um, spied on him drove past the wedding but as she got distracted by looking at what was going on she uh, ran into the car in front of her and the guy who was driving that car um, she sort of ends up having this email conversation backwards and forwards with and yeah it goes on from there. I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the characters, um, I thought it was sweet and fun and I liked the use of emails as well as the narration and I felt like the content was the right sort of amount of content for a novella so that it didn't feel rushed, it was the right pacing um, and it was yeah a small amount of faith content and it was clean. The third novella is the one I've just finished and it's um, called Love in the Details by Becky Wade. This one I also gave a story rating, story enjoyment rating of a 9 out of 10 and a Christian faith rating of 3 out of 3. This one had the most um, Christian faith content out of the three novellas. Again, this was a great novella and I felt like there was a lot of story sort of packed into a small space but it didn't feel like it was like rushed or too much or skipped through it felt like it was the right sort of pacing for a novella the characters and particularly holly have a an interesting past and so um that made it sort of have uh, some tension and dilemmas at the beginning it's following holly and josh who were childhood sweethearts and holly broke up with josh for reasons i won't go into um and then Eight years later, I think it is, they now meet again because he is back to be the best man at um, his best friend's wedding. And she is the church sort of wedding coordinator. So she is involved in the wedding as well. And so they end up sort of running into each other and he invites her to go around and check out some um, rehearsal dinner locations. So both of them are like, I don't want to get involved again. This has already hurt me once. I don't want to be there, but I really still like this person. And yeah, there's all of that throughout the story in there. I liked that there was a lot of faith content in this one. 
and also that the um, that Bucky Wade managed to fit in quite a lot of character development into a small space. It felt like a very rounded, well-written story. So yeah, I enjoyed that one. So overall, I would give it um, four stars. 3.5 for the first one and 4.5 for the second two. And I want to um, read the others in this kind of series. I think it would be fun to read one in the month that they were originally intended to be read. So these are set in September, October and November. So it was really fun to read them in the autumn. So those are the seven, eight books that I've read recently. And um, it's been a great reading time for me recently. Uh, let me know in the comments if you've read any of those. Did you agree with me? Did you disagree? I'd love to know. And also, if you can recommend any books that you have read recently that you really loved, also let me know in the comments. I'll be happy to chat with you there. I hope you're having a really great reading week. And until next time, God bless. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Christian Faith and Fiction podcast. If you would like more information, you can click the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app to make sure you catch the next episode.